It's another day. I'm another John, and this is another note. Today's edition of Another Note is titled All We're Facing Together. Our scripture reference today is Ezra chapter 9, verses 5 through 15. As always, May the Lord add his blessing to the reading and hearing of his holy word. At the evening sacrifice, I got up from my fasting with my garments and my mantle torn and fell on my knees, spread out my hands to the Lord my God and said, O my God, I am too ashamed and embarrassed to lift my face to you, my God, For our iniquities have risen higher than our heads, and our guilt has mounted up to the heavens. From the days of our ancestors to this day, we have been deep in guilt. And for our iniquities, our kings and our priests have been handed over to the kings of the lands, to the sword, to captivity, to plundering, and to utter shame, as is now the case. But now, for a brief moment, favor has been shown by the Lord our God, who has left us a remnant and given us a stake in his holy place in order that he may brighten our eyes and grant us a little sustenance in our slavery. For we are slaves, yet our God has not forsaken us in our slavery, but has extended to us his steadfast love before the kings of Persia to give us new life to set up the house of our God, to repair its ruins, and to give us a wall in Judea and Jerusalem. And now, our God, what shall we say after this? For we have forsaken your commandments, which you commanded by your servants the prophets, saying, The land that you are entering to possess is a land unclean with the pollutions of the peoples of the lands, with their abominations. They have filled it from end to end with their uncleanness. Therefore do not give your daughters to their sons, neither take their daughters for your sons, And never seek their peace or prosperity, so that you may be strong and eat the good of the land, and leave it for an inheritance to your children forever. After all that has come upon us for our evil deeds and for our great guilt, seeing that you, our God, have punished us less than our iniquities deserve, and have given us such a remnant as this, shall we break your commandments again, and intermarry with the peoples who practice these abominations? Would you not be angry with us until you destroy us without remnant or survivor? O Lord, God of Israel, you are just, but we have escaped as a remnant, as is now the case. Here we are before you in our guilt, though no one can face you because of this. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. There are parts of the Bible that make us modern readers cringe a bit. Some of it is culture, and more of it is covenant. Let's consider the book of Ezra for an example today. In Ezra 9, the prophet prays to God. His posture of prayer speaks to the shame and guilt he carries. The people of God have not lived up to their calling as a distinct people. In particular, many men have married into pagan families. This intermarriage between cultures has brought punishment from God. 
Nothing bothers us because it feels like God wants us to keep ourselves separate from other people. And there's no sense of love or equality in that. To be sure, the Lord expected the people to adhere to the commandments given to them. They were to be God's light to the world. They would be set apart. That's a helpful reminder for us. God had a covenant with the Israelites. The decrees that comprised their covenant were not once for all orders that every person on earth would have to follow from then on out. Taking the intermarriage example, that'd be impossible, wouldn't it? Instead, let's keep in mind, God gave these commandments to the people of God. This was their covenant. Our tendency is to look at a passage like Ezra 9 and wonder what sin or act of disobedience brought their punishment. Once we figure that out, we set to make sure we don't commit that same sin. On the surface, that makes sense. Why would we want to do something that God commanded the people not to do? The problem is that a lot of what God expected them to do or not do related to their culture and their covenant. And that sounds like God's commands are relative, that we don't have to adhere to them if we aren't comfortable with them. In one sense, they are. They were God's commands to the Israelite people. I've heard many people today say just to follow the Ten Commandments. That's fine, but that makes the rest of God's law relative, doesn't it? You've picked a part you think is most important. Who gave you that authority? But we also don't just write off commandments that seem unrelatable to us or our modern senses. Instead, we ask what themes or priorities can we glean from how God instructed the people? And it isn't always simple. It's what makes our willingness to abide in Christ so important. And we can look to Ezra's example of prayer to offer insight as well. He bowed literally bowed in humble confession. He hadn't married anyone outside of the people of God, yet he prayed because our iniquities have risen higher than our heads. As we seek to be faithful to God, we'll need to keep praying. We'll need to keep asking faithful questions of ourselves and one another. And we'll need to keep engaging with scripture to hear God's leading. That's the only way we can make sense of all we're facing together. Stay blessed. Thanks for always supporting Another Note. This is our daily devotional. I'll keep writing and recording as long as you keep listening and we keep growing. If you ever find another note on iTunes or anywhere else podcasts are available, make sure to leave a review so others can join us. The easiest way to connect with me is online at anotherjohn.com. God be with you.